Many of you have probably heard this story before, but uh, one of the things about being a pastor for 30 years is you hear my stories over and over again, so here you go. But you, you know what happened when Janet uh, was, had her third pregnancy, and we went to the, uh, the doctor's office and had an ultrasound. And uh, she was lying on the table, and the, the nurse was, uh, you know, surveying her belly with that ultrasound, what is it called, a transducer or wand, whatever you call it. And, uh, and we were enjoying the pictures on the computer screen. Uh, now, I had a, uh, our two-year-old on one knee, a one-year-old on the other knee, and, you know, we're just sitting there, you know, bouncing them up and down. And the nurse was making small talk with, with, with Janet, and she said, so, Janet, I understand that you're a twin. And Janet said, Yes, I am, and I'm so glad it, you know, skips a generation. And she said, well, it's not going to skip with you. <laughs> and, and, and immediately, that news created two opposite reactions. I was laughing out loud, thinking, wow, we are going to have twins. That's amazing. And Janice started bawling thinking we are going to have twins, you know. And it, it certainly turned out to be a wonderful blessing. And Janet, of course, was the one who shouldered, you know, most of the work, and uh, she did a, a, a fabulous job. I think of that story when I think of what our CCC leadership has gone through the last several months. As you know, we hired a, a, a consulting firm. We took a church survey we had hours of, of meetings and, and, and discussions. We evaluated, we dreamed, we assessed, we, we forged a plan for the future. And at the time, it, it was painful for some, for, for others. You know, they're like, you know, about time. But it, it's an incredible opportunity. This is what all of us, I think, recognize. An incredible opportunity for CCC to birth something significant and impactful. Now, what led us to do this was not because, you know, we felt like things are terrible or, or, or we're sick. It wasn't that at all. In fact, there are many terrific things going on at CCC. I mean, our, our, our outreach has grown to where we, uh, we've taken part in a multifaceted things around the community, the, the Unity Project with the white and black churches to come together, which has been just an amazing thing to, uh, to, to witness. Uh, we uh, helped lead the charge in getting over 100 churches involved. I, I've been here for you know, over 30 years. I've never seen 100 churches involved in anything, but 100 churches involved in the Convoy of Hope outreach. We saw 10,000 people there at that, at that event. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, we had Greg Burst, the city manager, come and share with us the need in the inner city. And what did we do? This church responded with, we've now partnered with the, the Fairbanks Project in the inner city and, and helping out there with, uh, with what's going on to help the least of these. Uh, in addition, we've, we've got our Guatemala Project that we're continuing to do. We send teams now every year. You guys are sending thousands of dollars every month into our Bethlehem Project there to help out hundreds of kids there. We've seen a 30% increase in our children's ministry just in the last several months. 
And that's being met with new initiatives about Canacut Camp. You heard that, which is amazing. First time any church in Springfield has done that. Just really cool. The VBS, of course, is going on, which has always been a favorite thing around here. And then new ministry, Memory Lane, uh, helping parents teach their kids these spiritual lessons. We've seen our, our men's ministry hosted Joe White a while back. Uh, they just finished with the, uh, the, the purity, um, uh, purity group, and now we're going to have Nehemiah's men start soon. New ministry called Men's Chapel once a month is going to meet, which is called the Women's Ministry. They do that new thing called the Glean. Uh, we've got the Ignite Worship, uh, where this has been a rousing success, where Nate is helping us into just more passionate worship, just really cool. We've seen people come to Christ. We've seen our life groups uh, grow and, 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 and be healthy. Uh, just the, the best shape that I think our life groups have been in. And maybe the coolest thing was to see the, the month-long emphasis on prayer. And we had uh, devotionals written by people in our church for that month, uh, culminating with a 24-hour prayer time and, and then a, a, a worship gathering, which is, it was just amazing. Uh, attendance has gone up. So I don't think that we're sick. I think there's a lot of great things. And I say those things only to give an opportunity to thank God for what he's doing, Right? I mean, just thank you, Lord, for, for all of that, and that's, that, that's really cool. But we can't just sit there and, and say, well, look what God did in the past. We can't sit here and be complacent, right? Uh, we we want to forge ahead. And if our study in Acts has proven anything, it's that in all these cool things that God was doing in the church, working supernaturally, intervening like he did, that, that body of Christ, that first century, was still progressing, still moving forward, still believing that they had a job to do. I, I think they have provided a great model for us in that regard. People-centric, the consultants who helped us last year, put their finger on our need to address some of our systems and leadership structure to just become more effective for, for our church. And one of the suggestions that they said is, hey, consider changing your mission statement. Now, i got to admit, I took a little offense to that at first. I mean, hey, you know, we, we birthed that, you know, what, what, I don't know, a dozen years ago or so. It's been like a little baby, you know, that we birthed, and you see it come to fruition. It's really cool, and, and it's kind of like somebody saying, hey, you know, that baby of yours is ugly. Uh, you need to change that. It's like, now, they never said that, but that's just, you know, how I'm kind of filtering it, right? Right? They never said that. But it didn't take long for me to realize, you know what, I, I, think, I think they're right. I mean, the rest of the team knew they were right. It was just, you know, for me to come alongside and realize it. But you realize that there are, there are a lot of tools we have to use to make progress. But one of those is to really have and, and form a, a mission statement that addresses the areas that we really need to grow in. And, and that's what this new mission statement could do, besides giving us, I think, some momentum and make it more compelling than the one we had. Uh, listen, last night uh, I was in Kansas City for a, uh, an event, and uh, I was talking to a couple guys that used to live in Springfield. In fact, our, our kids knew them. And, and in the conversation, one of the guys, uh, I asked him, well, I knew he was a Christian, and I said, well, what's your church home here? And he said, oh, I don't, I don't do that church thing anymore. And I go, all right. And, uh, you know, he made a few other comments, and, uh, and it, was a, it was a setting where we just couldn't get into all that. But I, uh, I realized that, and I did say this to him, I said, well, you know, that tribe is growing in terms of people who are disgruntled with church and don't want to have anything to do with church. 
I say that to say this, that whenever a church talks about vision and mission statements, to a certain crowd, kind of like, you know, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I'm, I'm interpreting this, to a certain crowd like that, like the man I met last night, they see this as contrived. They see this as kind of trying to push somebody's agenda on the rest of us, right? And I, and I suppose that, I'm not saying that's never happened, but that's certainly not our intent. But uh, we can't throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? I mean, because there's been bad mission statements uh, or people that have used it for unsavory means doesn't mean that we give up on the idea. I mean, because there are bad marriages doesn't mean, you know, I would never get married. I mean, that, that, that doesn't make sense. So I think that what we have to do is make sure that whatever vision, whatever mission statement we have is, is consistent with who we are and, it, and generally describes the, the direction we want to go into. So I would hope that, that what we as a body could do is, is respond and say, hey, wow, that is a church... Knowing that, knowing that vision, knowing that mission statement, that is a church where I could get on board and I could be a part of that community. That is a church that, that I could partner with and serve in. That is a church where I see God doing some big things. That is what we hope to convey and, and, and communicate. Now listen, we listened to the surveys that you guys filled out and, uh, and you marked down some areas that that were the biggest opportunities for our growth. That's another way of saying they were our weaknesses, all right? But they, they are the biggest opportunities for us to grow in. And, and you confirmed for us things that we were kind of already aware of, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention them anyway. Things like improving our evaluation procedures, developing leaders, new leaders, and, and having a clear path to move things along in spiritual maturity and gift development. Now, these are not overnight fixes. Uh, this, when you address things like this, you have to have a long view, right? I mean, these are not things that you can just fix all of a sudden. If I, uh, you know, if, if you get together and you talk to your spouse and you say, "Hey, you now we've got some real emotional uh, uh, intimacy issues, communication," you don't say, "Well, great, you know, we'll fix that tomorrow." Uh, no, that doesn't get fixed in one day. There are things that, now you can take steps tomorrow, but it's going to take time, right, to, to really change behavior, change thinking. Um, so the mission statement is simply one tool in addressing our known weaknesses. And the elders and the staff and others have, have worked hard in crafting a simple statement that clarifies what CCC is about. Uh, years ago, Janet and I, when, when the kids were small, we uh, went to Wilson's Creek uh, Battlefield, just in our backyard here, and they, uh, uh, they had some, uh, some people give a tour, and they had people firing off a cannon, and, and I'll never forget the tour guy telling us that uh, the soldiers during the Civil War could easily get disoriented uh, during battle because of all the smoke from the, from the cannon and, and the rifles going off. So they had the, uh, the flag that they would wave to help communicate to the soldiers, hey, here's where the front lines are, to help them give, give some direction. We also know that in the Civil War they have the, the, the signal corps 
uh, that uh, served during that time. And they would relay important messages to fellow soldiers that would be on the other side of the battlefield. And what they used were flags. And they would use a kind of code system and how they waved the flags to communicate to people across the battlefield. Because, of course, you know, there's no cell phone. There's no walkie-talkies. You just got a flag, right? Now, many people think, you know, the flag during the Civil War, that was more like, you know, what pom-poms are to cheerleaders or something. But that wasn't it at all. They were a vital part in direction, in communication, and uniting the troops. That's exactly what a mission statement does. It's exactly what it does. It's an internal guide for our troops. And so our mission statement now is equipping and empowering people in their God-given gifts to advance the kingdom of Christ. So you want to know where CCC is headed? You want to know what motivates CCC? You want to know how to evaluate CCC? This is it. Equipping and empowering people in their God-given gifts to advance the kingdom of Christ. It addresses those weaknesses that we talked about, and it helps us to move forward in a way that I think is really exciting. It's also very biblical. Listen to Ephesians 4. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of, of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So we equip, we equip by training, we equip by creating environments where people are free to grow in community, uh, to live in vulnerable community, to share with one another, to grow from that, to, to uh, discover their gifts We empower people by reminding them of all the resources they have in Christ and then getting behind them in any way we can to encourage. Uh, We read this in 2 Corinthians, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Little children, this is out of 1 John You are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Great reminders of our need to admit our need before Christ, to allow the power of Christ and to depend on him to to work through us. And the greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Uh, There's a a spiritual reminder. A battle going on, but we can be victorious as we lean upon Christ. That's very empowering. Now, we also empower by delegating responsibility to every believer to fulfill their ministry. This is not what this church is about. You're not hiring the staff to do the ministry. Our staff has a job to do in helping you do the work of the ministry. Because every one of you have a gift, you have a calling, and our job is to help you participate that and to walk in that, and whatever that means at your job, at home, and in this community. So every person is in, it has a role to play, a gift to, to employ in the body of Christ. I love that this week was the first week of, of memory lane. And what I love about that is this, is that it was not the idea of the staff. It was not the idea of the elders. Uh, Becky Williams, uh, we did not ask Becky Williams to start this ministry and see how it goes. She came to us, 
had an idea, her idea, and, and we immediately saw that this is consistent with who we are as a church. And uh, she said, you know, what do you think? We said, great. I mean, how, how can we get behind you in this? And so, you know, as, as, as a staff and as elders, we look at, is this consistent with who we are? And once there's a yes to that, then how can we make this happen? And that's what took place. It was her vision. And we said yes. She had the idea, and we just say, how can we do to help? And it was on her initiative, and she led it. And I heard great reports, by the way, of uh, just a tremendous time with parents and kids and teaching, uh, and helping parents teach their kids spiritual truths. So she's been empowered to help parents train their children. Now, listen, we have our work cut out for us when it comes to understanding our gifts and employing our gifts. I mean, in the past, we'll just take any warm body. Um, your heart is still beating? Great. You are qualified to help us over here, okay? But listen, that is not good enough. It simply isn't. We want to mobilize our church to make significant advancement in the kingdom of God and that's putting the right people in the right jobs. That also includes in advancing the kingdom, seeing people transferred from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. Uh, but it also includes people understanding that in this kingdom, we are living under the authority of another king, right? I mean, the Sermon on the Mount is nothing more, well, it's a lot more than this, but it includes this, that it's, it's, it's Christ saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what it means to live in the kingdom of God in Matthew 5. 103 times you see the kingdom addressed in the parables. I mean, the kingdom was the primary message of Jesus because it speaks of God's rule through his people in this thing called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ. Different than the earthly kingdom, right? So we want new people in the kingdom. We want people in the kingdom to live under the authority of the king, and that's called discipleship. We do that by prioritizing our, our time, treasure, and talent to see how we can advance the kingdom of God. I love this verse in Acts 19.8 where it speaks of the apostle Paul, and it says this, he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom. This is what it means. There's a, there's a whole new economy now that we live under, and that's the kingdom of God. I got to tell you, this gives me great hope because I think the only answer that I can give people is this, life in Christ, a new kingdom. i got to tell you, I'm to the point where, and Janet can attest to it, I can hardly watch the news. I'll watch, uh, you know, I, I uh, always have the DVR set to 530, Lester Holt, that's my man. Um, and, you know, I like to listen to, the, listen to the news. I get about five minutes in, and i got to turn it off. All of the rancor, terror attacks, bombings, the supposed answers that people have if we just do this or that. And I realize the answer, all we're doing is replaying all of the problems. That's all the news is. And nobody has any answers. We've got the answer. 
for people to be a part of the kingdom of God. The, the people are changed from the inside out with the gospel. I mean, as, as we witness with the, the, uh, the Unity Project, we had, the, we had the, uh, the police chief there with other policemen, and we had leaders from the black community there, and, and a 1,000 people, churches coming together. You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about, oh, if we only had this president, we could have unity. That was never talked about. Oh, if we could only have this political party be in power, that was not our hope. We realized that our only hope is Jesus Christ. I saw a police chief in tears and police in, in tears as, as they were embraced by leaders of the black community, and we realized the thing that unites us is the gospel. That's it. And listen, even if they're not believers, we can, because of the gospel, live a gospel lifestyle and treat people with respect and dignity because they're made in the image of God, regardless of what, you know, politics they have. It unites us, and that is our only hope. Now, it's not that I don't wish for things in our country, politically speaking. I certainly do. You know, I, I, I think of myself as fairly patriotic. I want that, but that is subservient to a kingdom of God. And, and that is what gives me hope. Because, uh, it, it, listen, it gets discouraging when you just look at it at this level and you think, man, is anything going to change? Is this going to get better at all? Now, I think God has this world in his hands, and I think that there's a future, and I think prophecy speaks to that, and of course, there's all kinds of scenarios that people have about it. I just know that God has our future in his hands, and that's enough to give me hope. But I see the hope right here. I see the hope in individual lives being changed, and you loving people where they're at. Janet has had an interesting thing happen in our neighborhood the last uh, last month or so. There's a... Uh, about a 12 or 13-year-old girl that's been coming around the house that lives in the neighborhood, and she just knocks on the door, and she just wants to talk to Janet. And, and, and she's sitting there telling her about how she's a cutter, and, and she has these issues and the, the, the family issues and problems, saying, oh, parents, don't do this and that. And, and all Janet is is just sitting there listening, loving on her, sharing with her. And then she brings two, two of her other friends over and says, can you talk to my friends too? <laughs> that is the gospel in action. My friends, we have a flag to rally us, to give us clarity, to direct us, and that's equipping and empowering people in their God-given gifts to advance the kingdom of Christ. But listen, what about those outside the church? What about those who, you know, are not hip to things like equipping or kingdom of God? What the heck does that mean? Um, this, this mission statement, that's for us here. And we realize quickly that we need to have what we call a position statement. It's for those external to the church. And it would need little or no explanation, but it communicates who we are uh, and, and what we do as, as a church to people that are, are not privy to all the things that go on here, or even to, you know, all the Christian jargon. And, and it's simple, and it's this. So whenever we talk about Christ's community outside of this place, we can say this, loving people to life. Loving people to life. Who is it for love? Who is it for life? I mean, 
this is something we could all get on board with. No matter what religion or whether you're irreligious, loving people life, I have, that sounds great, right? We, of course, define life by Christ, and we, def, uh, we define love that, that that's our methodology. Love is our methodology, right? Um, somebody sent me a, a, a video uh, not too long ago of a pastor in St. Louis who was outside an abortion clinic with a bullhorn screaming, uh, you know, verses about hell to the people as they were traveling into the abortion clinic. It's like, really? Yeah, that's when you wish then at that point you're like a Christian sniper. You could just take some out, you know. <laughs> no, not really. Just teasing. Just teasing. But seriously, it's like, do you really think that's advancing the kingdom? Now, I, listen, I can't see inside that guy's heart. I'm sure he thinks he's doing the right thing. I'm sure, you know, he probably loves God, you know, and probably thinks that that's love. But, you know, that's like going up to your wife or your spouse, hitting them over the head with something, saying, man, I love you. I just think you needed that. You know, like, thanks, I guess, you know. Um. Listen, we are compelled by the love of Christ, we are compelled by the love of Christ. Didn't we just have somebody up here on our stage last week talking about that? Remember that? I'm going to Guatemala. Why? Because I'm compelled by the love of Christ. We're compelled by the love of Christ to serve one another, to serve our community, to go to foreign lands, to grow in Christ, to, to be in, in, in community and unity with one another. I am compelled by love. I'm compelled by love to lay down my agendas and realize I've got something bigger than just my little world, but I've got something bigger to be a part of in advancing the kingdom of God, loving people to life. That is cool. I can get excited about that. Love is our meth- method, our life life in Christ, that's our message. Listen, I thought it'd be nice to have our staff to come up. Some of you may not even know who's on staff here. Uh, To have our staff come up. Guys, come on. And talk about how this mission statement influences them with what they have to do. So as they come, guys, what I'd like for you to do is Introduce yourselves and tell us what, what your responsibilities are. There might be some folks that might be some folks that don't even know who you are, and if they don't know that, they're certainly not going to know what you do. So, Well, I'm Nate. Uh, hello, 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 hello. Nate Sally, and I am, I don't know if you noticed earlier uh, during the service, I was leading worship up here at the piano. <laughs> and uh, so I'm the worship leader here. I'm not very good at changing batteries out on the microphones, as you can see. <laughs> That is why that was out of batteries. But uh, it reminds me of a story of actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, I remember, you know, I used, to, I used to tour a lot. And so I can remember being in Indianapolis, of all places, and I was on this tour. I don't know what tour it was, but it was just me and a piano up on this big stage. And, all these, and I did a concert with just me and the keys. And I remember, I mean, I gave it everything I had. I mean, and... Two hours. It was a two-hour concert that I was, I mean, sweating. That's how much. And I don't even sweat. And that's how much I, I gave. So I remember it wrapped up, and I was walking off the platform, and I was like, man, I could barely stand up. I was, like, staggering a little bit, and I walked off the front. Remember, 2,000 people, I mean, it was just, you know, I thought, man, I'd really given everything. So somebody, I remember there's a line that gathered, and, like, the first several people that came up, they said, hey, uh, 
were you the guy that was up there playing? <laughs> you made an impression. Uh, yeah, I made such a great impression. I'm so glad I poured my heart out. And that was the response I got. So uh, take it for what you will. I'll pass the... Uh, this guy has more Nate, stories. By the way. Invite him over to your house, and you can hear a lot more stories that he's got. Very funny man. My name is Kyle Short. I'm the youth director uh, here at Christ Community, and I also lead the youth and middle school uh, Sunday school. I'm Don Livermore, and I'm the director of the facility and director of assimilation. I'm Sarah Sally, and I oversee the life groups and the life studies and communications, and I'm Kevin's administrative assistant, so I wear lots of hats around here. I couldn't, I couldn't function without her. And I'm Laura Key, and I am over children's ministry and the nursery. Laura, since you got the mic, we'll start with you. What, uh, how do you see this mission statement being utilized with what you do with the kids, and what excites you about it? Um, well, I especially like the front end of the mission statement, which is equipping, and that, that is pretty much the, the base of what children's ministry is about, is equipping the children, equipping families to uh, better teach and train their children. And um, I, I, like, I love this new mission statement because I think it kind of takes what we've already been doing and just kind of pushes us forward, makes it more of a, a vibrant and alive, um, and it has a lot of future to it, a lot of growth that capability. So um, one thing I thought was kind of cool about this, when we went through our assessment with, um, is it people-centric? Was that who it was? Um, they kind of encouraged us to relook at our mission statement and relook at and maybe even create a position statement. And it just and this is the Holy Spirit, and this is God coming, preparing things for us even before we knew what we were going to do. But we were already starting to have within the church as a whole, and even in specifically children, all kinds of new programs that um, are equipping and are empowering. And um, Canicut Camp, VBS, Becky Williams has, has a wonderful program in teaching children um, how to do memorization, Bible verse memorization. So all these things were already in place, and then this mission statement comes alongside and just the new mission statement and the new position just attaches itself to that. So I, it, for me, it just shows me that God was already at work and making things happen behind the scenes. Yeah, just to piggyback on what Laura said, I like that it is organic. It's something we didn't, like Kevin said too, we didn't come up and just, you know, make up something out of nowhere. But I also like that it's compelling. I like that it's strategic and it helps us to be intentional. And I think with the ministries I oversee, specifically life groups and life studies, they really are equipping and empowering people in every area of life, whether it's building community through life groups here at CCC or helping people strengthen their marriages, helping people parent, helping people be good stewards of their finances. And then it also empowers the people that are leading all of those groups. We have amazing leadership um, I'm so excited about all the people that lead our life groups and lead our life studies. They're all using their gifts. They're using their God-given gifts. And then the people who get to take part in that can go out and advance the kingdom of Christ in their sphere of influence, which perfect example that Kevin used about Janet. I mean, just being herself and being full of the Holy Spirit and loving on people. And these girls want to come 
and spend time with her. I mean, it's so sweet. But as we're equipped and empowered here, then we can take that out of the walls, these four walls. And I love that to go into our home, our community, our neighborhoods, and then reaching out to the world, which really fulfills the Great Commission. Thank you. We met uh, with PeopleCentric, which Randy's back here. Thank you, Randy, for everything that you and your company did for us. That was uh, very helpful to us and really showed us some different areas that we need to pay more attention to and to really uh, put ourselves out there. And so we're doing that. Thank you for that. Um, we've come up, they helped us come up with an organizational chart where everything is kind of laid out. We we'll might have to tweak it as we go along, but uh, it's definitely a great structure uh, for us. Uh, one of the things that I'm um, in my structure below me is the uh, uh, greeters, the ushers, the hospitality team um, out there where all the coffee and all the fun happens out there. And then also our kind of inside the walls ministry, which uh, Bill Foreman um, leads that up. Uh, Penny Kreitzer leads the hospitality. Lynn and Buzz Oatman do the uh, greeting. And um, uh, what am I forgetting? Dushers, Craig Johnson does that. In fact, we just, in, in this endeavor that we're taking, just at 1045, I met with all those leaders of those ministries. And we've decided, instead of having these four different separate ministries, they're all going to keep their identity, but we're going to put that all underneath the eye care team. And the eye care team's uh, purpose and their drive is to love people to life. And we're, gonna, we're, we're already getting started, started this morning, and they're, they're all on board, and we're going to do that. When people show up here, they're ready to come in the door. They don't know sometimes what they're going to see, what they're going to find. Some people are searching, they're hurting, and they're coming here looking for help. Uh, so we want to be the kind of people that when they see us, we look like what, what uh, uh, Kevin described about Janet. So uh, thank you, People Centric, for that, and really looking forward to loving people to life and really getting behind that. Speaking of that, I, I heard something interesting um, a while back about this. A guy I heard speak about, he was a head of a um, hotel chain. He's saying that in, in the past, people's first impression would be formed within two minutes of meeting somebody. And, uh, and then they also define the proximity within three feet. So if somebody's within three feet, now this is good for people that if you're working at a store, you're in customer service, somebody within three feet of you, and uh, you have two minutes to make an impression, a good impression. impression. That has all changed now. It's now... People will get that first impression within nine feet and within 20 seconds. 20 seconds you have to impress somebody uh, that you're friendly, uh, you love, and you care. You know, I mean, your, your facial expression, your, your posture, all of that. It's, that's quite something to think about when you have people coming in and, you know, what we want to try to, uh, try to display. And what better way than having Christ live within us? For people to see that. Where it's natural, it's Where not it's forced. natural, it's right. not, it's not right. forced, it's not right. fake, it's not what's laid yeah. out there. Well, I have an interesting role because I think at the beginning of that, equipping and empowering, I think with the youth becoming, uh, kind of getting into that age where they're trying to figure out their gifts, it's my job to equip them and make sure that they're set on a firm foundation and make sure that our teaching aligns with that. Um, and so... As you know, youth are inundated with just trash, you know, lies about who they are, who they should become. And so um, I'm excited about that statement because it's simple and it really allows us to align that and make sure that we are following it. And then just 
building my teams to where they can um, empower those kids to understand what their gifts are and affirming them in them. And so, you know, like Helena or Winston, hey, you guys are great at speaking. You're great at, you know, uh, reaching out to people, great at serving. So it's really just, uh, it's a fun job to do because you're working with an age where they are moldable. Um, and so that's uh, kind of why I'm excited. We were talking earlier, Nate and I, about how most companies have a mission statement, and usually there's that target, specific target market. Um, and with this one, it's kind of more global. And it's something where it's going to say, hey, anyone and everyone come, and it's our job to equip them and empower them. So I'm excited about that. Well, there's so many different things. You know how worship is. Everybody has a different perspective. Everybody has a different preference. You know, I've heard it all my life. We talk about it all the time. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all the different styles, all different songs. I feel like sometimes I'm a karaoke machine or like a jukebox. Every single week I get about 10 to 20 requests, song requests. We only have three to do. So every once in a while, it's so nice that I get to pick one of them every once in a while. So, But keep the requests coming. Keep the requests coming. I, I don't think they thought that was as funny. No, as no, they did. they did that. <laughs> You're stepping think, on toes. I think it's pretty doing. funny. Yeah, right. I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> but the, uh, well, we could do extended worship every week, and we could get 10 songs in. You know what I mean? So we could take, sweet. I don't know, do cover, a little 50-50. Cover the bases. Yeah. Cover the bases, that's right. But Ignite has been awesome. You know, we did the Ignite, which we uh, kicked into once a month this year, and which has been wonderful. The first three have been awesome. Um, and I think that is just, yeah, just the freedom, I think, is the thing. We were at a church yesterday, and it was a very liturgical church, and it's awesome. I love the liturgy, and I love... All the, you know, the robes and the golden goblets and the, all the different things that they have going on at these things. And we had to take communion. And so we all got up and we kneeled down at the altar. And I'm like, okay, communion. I know what communion's like, right? Obviously, we once a month take communion. But all of a sudden, I saw this golden goblet out of my peripheral vision over here to the right. And I was kneeled down by a guy that was hacking uncontrollably up here at the... I thought, man, that guy's got a serious cold. And I saw that golden goblet get closer and closer. And then I realized that everybody was drinking out of the same golden goblet. And I thought, let me tell you something. I am so thankful for Christ's community and that we all have our own communion cups. So be thankful about that. Listen, there is always places you can be thankful for and find thanks. And be Thanksgiving, yes. So I'm excited about that. So thank goodness I do not have a serious cold this morning because I drank right after him. So mission statement. So as far as equipping, <laughs> what is it, hold on, what is it you know? The, uh, now, you know, practically speaking, you know, I mentioned this in the first service, Teresa Cohen is leading here in a couple of weeks, which is so awesome. I mean, that's just, a, I mean, she's a wonderful leader. She's led all different places uh, outside of Christ's community. So it's not uh, uh, new to her, but new to her as far as leading here. So I think as far as equipping uh, the team, one of the things I would like to see moving forward is, you know, I talk a lot about and we all do, about a lifestyle of worship. And that is just teaching and training more on what it means to actually worship. Creating that context, I would like to do that more. Create the context within the worship team, uh, building that community. You know, we have four new people that started since the beginning of the year that have uh, brought so much to the team. They know how much help I need, so that's probably why they're joining. But the, uh, it is awesome uh, uh, to see freedom. I, I think the reason I bring the liturgical thing up is it's awesome However, there's, a, there's not a lot of freedom in that in the sense of just going deeper into the presence of the Lord. So uh, continually, continuing to model strong worship, I think, is not just equipping the team that is up here, but it's empowering all of us, as Kevin mentioned, that uh, it's our own responsibility. It's our relationship with the Lord. We come together corporately, 
But, you know, for a long time, I thought, well, the pastor, like you said, or the staff, or whoever, they're going to tell me what to do. They're going to tell me how to live. And I'm just going to sit here and soak it up and then go do it. But when I came to the realization that, hold on a second, we have a personal relationship with the Lord, and every single one of us hears from the Lord. We open our hearts, and we all hear. So it's on us to go, hey, God, how am I going to respond? How am I going to seek after you? And so our goal, my goal, the team's goal, as far as worship uh, is concerned, is to simply model that as strongly as we can, to simply make sure that our hearts are right coming into worship, and so that spills over and it's contagious so that ultimately everybody that comes through these doors, it spills over too. And then it spills outside these walls. And uh, I think that's equipping and empowering here, here, everywhere. It's the sphere of influence, my friend. Amen. Yes. I love, I love coming to church every Sunday and I love worshiping because of this guy. Oh, I really do. I, yeah. I love his leadership. Um, and it, it reminds me, I have a, a friend of mine who is a pastor in Bethesda, Maryland. He's a black man. We went to school together. His church is several thousand people, and they're like half and half, which is extremely unusual anywhere in the U.S. And you know what the number one problem is? Music. Because you have two different cultures coming together, so they pretty much just have to split it. You know? <laughs> and uh, and because you know, you've got this kind of worship war going on, and... Um, and no matter where you're at, what church you're at, it's always an issue. You just have to kind of pick your lane and go for it and realize that you know, just thank God that uh, we've got somebody that's incredibly talented and has done it well. And so uh, I'm very appreciative for who we got here to lead, lead our worship. And I'm thankful for each of these people. In fact, I thought it'd be good. I realize I don't think we've ever had the whole staff just up here. I don't remember ever doing this. Uh, with at least at least with this group, I think it'd be good just to have a time of prayer for this group, don't you think? So I'm going to ask for any of you that'd like to come up and just lay hands on them, and let's let's just pray over our staff, and uh, pray that 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 they can be led by the Holy Spirit as they lead the charge in getting this this mission statement and position statement um, accomplished. So uh, those of you who'd like to come, just come on up, um, and. Uh, Let's lay hands on these guys and pray over them.